It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. On the night of July 13th, 25-year-old Carly Russell allegedly went missing along an Alabama interstate after placing a 911 call. During the call, Carly described seeing a toddler walking along the road. By the time authorities arrived at the scene, Carly was nowhere to be found. Two days following her initial disappearance, Carly returned home and told detectives that she had been abducted by a man with orange hair. On Monday, authorities announced that Carly's story was in fact a hoax and that she had admitted through her lawyer that she lied about the entire ordeal. Carly's attorney gave police a statement which was read at a press conference in which she apologized for her actions and asked for prayers and forgiveness. Local authorities and prosecutors are now considering filing criminal charges against Carly Russell. WBRC anchor and reporter Brittany Dion has been following this story closely, and today she joins me to discuss what we know about this shocking case. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. So describe for us the events in detail about what happened beginning on July 13th. Uh, Initially on July 13th, when Carly first disappeared, this community came to a stop. Everyone really was concerned about this young lady, a student, um, appeared to be a, a woman who was on the right track, doing everything the right way. And to hear the story that she was trying to help a baby alone on the side of the road on 459. And if anyone's ever been to this area, that's a very busy stretch of highway in the Hoover area. Everyone initially wanted to find her immediately. And the response was massive. Entire communities uh, coming together, people giving money, calling off work. They met up to find her with every type of uh, technology they could. There were drones up. um, People had their dogs out there. It was just a really massive response to trying to find her because everyone believed that she saw a baby pulled over to help the baby and was snatched from the side of a busy highway. And no one could say exactly where she was. And describe for us then what impact it had on the community when all of a sudden this this press conference was called and her lawyer is saying it was all a hoax. Well, I would say this community has gone through every single emotion that you can think of when it comes to this case. At first, uh, when we first got the call that she returned home, I was actually pulling into my driveway. It was almost, it was a little after 11 p.m. And I immediately put my car in reverse and told my boss, hey, I'm coming back to the station. We're going on air. And everyone's like, yeah, we're doing a cut in. Let's go. Let's go for it where everyone's coming back to the station because our newscast was over for the night and on the weekends. And so uh, we go back, we're all elated. I I even called my mom (laughs) to say they found her. Oh my goodness, she returned home. And so everyone in the station is just excited to know that this young lady is alive. That was the first thing. And so uh, we did the 
the cut in and everyone's just smiling and hugging. It was really like, <laughs> this was part of our individual families, um, this person. And everyone was so excited about that. And But during all of that, uh, I'm from Birmingham, so I get a different perspective on a lot of stories that happen here. And uh, But during all of that, there was there were whispers and chatter about the story not sounding right from the very beginning. Uh, but as a journalist, you kind of, you want to think the best and you also want to help this family. You had a grieving mom on air, a dad crying, begging for their daughter to come home. So our initial response to this was to get this young lady found, no matter what. And so um, after she came home and she went to uh, the hospital and she was released quickly, a lot of chatter picked up that something wasn't right. Uh, and people started sending uh, even more messages, even more text messages about what they their theory was about what happened. And so once we made it to that press conference, um, the, the latest one where she has admitted that she made the entire thing up, I think a lot of people are hurt that there was such a massive response to her uh, the resources that went into finding her, not specifically from the police, but from the community. Uh, we received a, a message from a woman who lives in her neighborhood who says she was just really hurt. She took time off work. She gave money. And she said that, I cannot believe she made this up. I, I took time off. I used PTO time. People are really in shock about this. And it's it's such an elaborate scheme that really got everyone. And so people became angry. Uh, some people, of course, turned it into a joke. If you go on social media, there are memes everywhere uh, just talking about this. It's definitely gone viral on TikTok. There are so many sketches and people just making um, their own theories up and coming up with their own skits um, about uh, this this case. And so now everything is kind of calming down a little bit here, but people are wanting to hear from Carly. They want her to make a public apology. They said that apology sent through her attorney, Emory Anthony, uh, who is a fierce defense attorney here. Um, they do not feel like that is enough. So I expect as this continues to move through the legal process, those proceedings are, we're going to see more emotion again and a lot of boisterous people in the community uh, speaking out about what this case has made them feel personally. That's such great detail. It's such a great perspective on how the community is feeling. I can't imagine that sense of betrayal. And when you talk about yeah. how many members of the community, you know, to that point, they took personal time off. They were mm -hmm. so invested in the safe return of one of their neighbors to have it result in, to have them realize that it was all fabricated, all manufactured. That's a significant betrayal. And that's why, you know, in part, the criminal justice system accounts for this. Um, it's different in every state. But for example, in California, it's considered a crime against the public. It's a crime against the mm -hmm. public order. And essentially, the, the sort of concept behind that is that it disrupts the order of society. And it's designed to punish, to deter, because for that reason, that when you expend law enforcement resources, investigative resources, members of community out there, you know, that's a significant amount of expenditure. Um, and it also risks their lives too. If someone is out there looking for her and, and 
falls ill, gets sick, gets hit by a car, whatever you name it, the whole point is people risk their safety in order to help someone that's in need. And when you learn that it was all a hoax, when you learn that it was a false police report or whatever, um, depending on the venue, it can be up to a felony. We all watched Jesse Smollett, who was convicted of five felony. There, it's a disturbing the peace um, category there in Illinois. And the whole point was that the state takes so seriously when people lie to law enforcement, when they lie to the community about needing law enforcement and the amount right. of resources that are, are expended to these situations, in my opinion, the, the worst part and the most heartbreaking part is that it's taking them away from those sometimes nameless, faceless voices that don't have that attention the Mara Murray, who, whose family is still begging for the attention that went missing over 20 years ago. There are so many people likely in the Birmingham community that are still missing, that are really missing. To have the attention be focused on someone who wasn't because of a lie is deeply disturbing, deeply hurtful. And that's why people do demand accountability by the criminal justice system. Absolutely. And uh, the lo people are calling for Carly to be arrested and uh, booked on some charge. Uh, as you said earlier, the those charges have not been revealed, but uh, Hoover PD uh, is working with the district attorney at the cutoff to uh, look over this case. And some people are saying that they need to make a, an example out of her. We have heard that um, from the community because they don't want someone else to come up with an idea to do this because it does take a lot of resources. Uh, Chief Durs is with uh, Hoover PD says that right now they're looking at the figures. They don't know how much money went into this, but they've used local state and federal resources to try to find Carly. Uh, and so it's definitely going to be interesting to find out how much money, the financial impact of this search on top of the emotional impact, um, I know you've probably heard the name Angela Harris. Uh, she is the mother of Anaya Blanchard. And Anaya uh, was abducted and murdered. And Angela was a prominent person in the search for Carly. And this community definitely protects Angela and loves her so much. She's such a great mother and woman. And to think of the wound that was opened Again, how traumatic this could be for her having out there searching for a young woman that she believed was abducted and, you know, not getting this, the same result with her own daughter. And that case was absolutely horrible. And a lot of us around here think of Anaya all the time, just, you know, her life cut short and Angela's out there sweating, standing on cars with a bullhorn. She was doing everything she could to try to find her and then to find out this was a hoax. And she wasn't the only mother out there. There was another mother out there who lost her son. Her name was uh, Pamela Bass. And her son went missing and was killed. And so there's mothers who were combing through the woods looking for this, for Carly, and it, who, who have lost their children who did not get the same ending as Carly's mother, her family did. So the emotional impact of this is, is very deep and it's strong in this community and it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. I that that's an unimaginable re-traumatization that um, mm -hmm. seems unfathomable, frankly, for those mothers. We're going to take a quick break. More from our guest after this. 
From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You mentioned that you are from Birmingham and that you have sort of um, are privy to some whispers there. And is there any type mm-hmm. of reporting or any type of messaging as to the motive behind this hoax as to why a young woman that seemingly had everything going for her would create such an elaborate delusional hoax. Well, so it it would be speculative for me to say, because none of this is confirmed by police. Police say that the letter she sent out by her attorney uh, via her attorney, it did not give a motive. Um, But the people in the community, um, some people are saying it's, over a guy um it was because she wanted to get to nashville to see beyonce um it was because she's been having some trouble in nursing school and just wanted to get away so there's plenty of people who are connected in some way either through a friend or through a family member and are saying these are the possible reasons and this is what I'm getting from people. But again, it's all speculative. It hasn't been confirmed by police. And Carly, she's the only person who we can actually find out from why she did this. Why go through these great lengths to leave when you're 25 years old? She's not a teenager. She's an adult and had a vehicle. She could have got in her car and drove away. Um, but she came up with a scheme uh, that is has landed her in a lot of trouble. And there's no telling what this will have on the impact of her future, her, her parents, their professions, their jobs, their, their livelihood. All of that is, is, you know, we have to wait to see the fallout from that as well. But she's the person who we'll have to hear from. And I, I'm believing we'll hear why in court. That's the thing. Oftentimes when, you know, you hear about the, essentially the ripple effect and the impact of a lie, especially yeah. one like this. Um, it, it can be absolutely life changing. In this mm-hmm. case, it undoubtedly will be. And sometimes the spontaneous nature of it, or the seemingly cavalier reason behind it, it's it's such a sort of difficult to like reconcile that with the level of the impact. Not only as as basic as criminal charges, but potentially the absolute destruction of you know her life as as she knows it and her place in the community and her family's place and employment yes. and everything like that. And you know, mm-hmm. off many of these stories, um, sometimes they are dealing with young people who just don't have control over their executive functioning skills, maybe in that moment, and they blurt out something and all of a sudden it's out there. And all of a sudden that train has left the station. And when there's accountability, it can be really life destroying. Have you heard anything or has anyone expressed a type of exhaustion going back to our initial conversation about deterring resources or taking away resources that are actually needed for people who do need help. You know, I also worry that the next time someone goes missing, that the community will be wary and might not Mm -hmm. jump so quickly to help for fear that it isn't true now that this has occurred in that way. Yes. um, And we've had people calling the station. I've had personal messages from people in the community, as well as conversations you just have on a daily basis as this all was going on. 
And that was one of the main concerns as well. What is this going to do? How is this going to affect response from law enforcement, from the media, when the next person goes missing? How will the public respond to that? And that question was also asked of Chief Durzis with Hoover. He said, we'll look for anyone. If someone is missing, we're going to do the same thing we've done in this case. We're going to look for them. And a lot of people felt um, a little at ease hearing that. And But that is a concern in the community, uh, especially for uh, people in, of color who feel that they don't always get the same uh, publicity or effort when a person of color goes missing. And they, I've heard them say, you know, this is going to hurt that effort to get you know, the media to cover it or, or get police to really take, take it seriously. And so there are other ramifications from this that are unseen so far, um, but definitely striking fear in some people in the community that if their loved one actually goes missing, will they be looked for with, with, with the full effort of law enforcement? Uh, so yes, that's been a concern. I think even having that conversation and the fact that so many people are bringing up is heartening um, for to, to quell that because we know the most important thing when someone goes missing is essentially that initial golden hour and also yes. the publicity and attention, right? And two of those two things that are here have been questioned for future cases, which is, is that any, you know, if there's any hesitation at all. Um, or if there's an exhaustion on the part of the community to participate. So the fact that it's being brought up to me, it, it heartens me. You are absolutely right that statistically communities of color, people of color are the ones that do not receive the same local and national attention. And it's heartbreaking. And it's especially mm -hmm. troubling when people can see the same faces that get repeat attention and repeat resurrection and families Hundreds of families, thousands of families are out there begging for just one station to cover their missing loved one. I'm heartened that the law enforcement there came out unequivocally and said, we will search for any missing person immediately. That's the that's mm -hmm. excellent. Yes. Um, Brittany, thank you for joining me today. I'm so grateful for your expertise and your insight, your really valuable perspective. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we close today? Um, I just, I do want to... I'm so grateful to the national networks, um, just the community, everyone who really reached out. I was getting calls from so many people um, in my community, as well as online on Instagram and TikTok and just checking in. Of course, they wanted to hear my perspective as well of what was going on with this, but just reaching out and really caring um, about this story and this disappearance. And although it did not, it turned out to be a hoax. And that's very unfortunate. I do hope that we can continue to give missing people uh, the attention that they deserve, no matter their race, no matter their sex. Um, or, you know, it, it's, I just hope that we can still continue forward with giving everyone the same amount of coverage and the same amount of effort from law enforcement, no matter who they are or where they're from. Aaliyah, our state law enforcement, their website, I went there 
to look for information for Carly while she was missing. And there are dozens of names there, dozens of people who are still missing right now, children and adults. And I think if people could take the time to scroll through that list, know that there are people still missing from this community who still need our attention, say their names, send us emails, let us know, because there are people who have not made it home and it's important that we give them attention as well. So no, Carly was not the only person on that website at the time that was missing or missing and endangered. And that was um, kind of tough to see the, the many pictures on that website. And I hope this doesn't just deter or, or stall that effort from any of us. But yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's been crazy here. Uh, but this, this community is strong. And I think you could see that in the searches, the way uh, the community came together, all races, everyone was out in the heat. And it was probably one of the hottest weeks we've had um, in this summer. So mm-hmm. everyone came together and we're still together. And now, you know, it's kind of turned into I knew it. And, you know, you kind of laugh about it and hug about it. And we keep going. So this is that kind of community. And uh, we're, we're going to be OK. <laughs> and uh, people are still saying they're praying for her because she they hope she gets the help that she may need. And they're praying for her. That's right which is um, that right there shows the limitless compassion and grace that your community mm-hmm. holds, which is really incredible to witness. Brittany, thank you so much again for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you all. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.